This podcast is brought to you by the Department of War Studies at King's College London. Welcome to the War Studies Podcast. I'm Peter Bush and here with me are... Sally Horsfall. Hello, everybody. And Anna Beswick. How are you doing? And our guest today is Sanjana. Hi, Sanjana. Hi there. Sanjana is the department's Students Experience and Outreach Officer, and we'll be talking to her about new projects that are underway now that everything is online. After our chat with Sanjana, we look into a rather serious topic, more serious topic, I should say, um, online radicalization and right-wing terrorism. And finally, Adam talked to two third-year BA students, and they shared their, they shared their uh, recent experience of adjusting to working from home with us. But first, Sanjana. Hi, Sanjana. How are you feeling today? Yeah, I'm doing good, thank you. I think the sunshine is helping, even if I can't be outside in it. It's quite a change, isn't it, from the usual um, office experience. And how are you adapting? How's it all going? I think I used last week to you know set my routines and settle into work and set my home environment slash office environment so I think this week I'm off to a better start and I've got a routine set down so I'm finding it a bit more easier this week I think being away from my colleagues is a bit more challenging. Yes it is isn't it it's creating those contacts and staying engaged with them is kind of quite challenging these days and takes some getting used to. (laughs) Yeah for sure and even just the little things like talking to someone over a cup of tea or sharing a biscuit that sort of stuff you miss that exactly it's true so what about the department itself what are the new projects is anything to look forward to because that also helps with motivation to have things to look forward to yeah of course so as everybody knows the pandemic has changed quite a lot of things but i'm proud to say that one thing that does remain the same is the strength of the war studies community of both our staff and our students so i'm working with you sally and peter and other staff to move our events online and trying initiatives on different online platforms so students can have a range of things that they can access while they're also dispersed. And these should hopefully start coming to play in the next week or so. So I'll be posting about this on the undergraduate and the postgraduate student hub. So I would urge all students to watch that space because we do we are trying to move all our events to an online forum where you can access. That's great. Um, that's absolutely fabulous. It's gonna really help people in the coming weeks. And how about, as you were talking about staying in touch and keeping in contact, um, what's the best way to stay engaged with, with all of you, with each other? Uh, for sure. If any, if any students have any initiatives they want to share with me or need anything, need any help setting up stuff online, please do just get in touch with me via email. Or I know students also have access to Teams. I'm also always on Teams. And students are also... Sh- able to share their ideas with their course reps. Uh, Each course will have a student rep, so get in touch with them and then they'll relay that back to me. And obviously for your friends and family, use WhatsApp, use Skype, use any mean of online communication you can, I would say. And social media as well. I suppose it's lots of um, different ways on Instagram also to share what you're getting up to and and exchange with students as well. Yeah, of course. So we've got a Facebook group set up for both our undergraduate and postgraduate students and we also have our own war studies instagram uh that's been a bit quiet as of late understandably but we are planning to get more engaged with that and release more content on the instagram handle so please do follow follow us on there our handle is underscore war studies so yeah watch this oh, we look forward to that thanks so much Sandana. Um, thank I you know you're very busy as well so um <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave you to it <laughs> thank you have fun guys Thanks, Sanjana, for joining us, and we'll be talking regularly to you and the student experience team.
If you listen to our podcast over the last months and years, you know that we are discussing topics related to war studies and international conflict and the research that is going on in the department. The coronavirus pandemic has demonstrated to us the enormous advantages that modern communication technology is offering, yet we are all too well aware of the dark side, if you want to call it that. Third-year student uh, of international relations, Julia, has looked into online radicalization on platforms like 4chan. A short report was produced for a third-year media module here at King's, and her report begins in a rather chilling way, quoting the terrorist who attacked a synagogue in Germany in October 2019. Hi, my name is Anand, and I think the Holocaust never happened. Those are the words of Stefan Baile, one of the latest of the growing list of far-right terrorists who were known users of online platforms such as 4chan, 8chan, and Gab. Baile, who attacked the synagogue in Germany in October 2019, referenced the online forum 8chan not only in his manifesto, but also in the live stream of the attack that the former quote is taken from. Dr. Thomas Colley is a professor at the Department of War Studies at King's College London, and has done extensive research on online platforms such as 4chan. He says 4chan, attracting more than 20 million monthly visitors and other online platforms, can be seen as sites of radicalization on the far right. It's a growing issue and a growing threat. One of the key distinguishing features of the site is the fact that the users of the site believe in their ability to radicalize others. What we're now seeing is individuals engage in political violence using the same and putting these ideas in their manifestos. The ideas that have been seen in recent manifestos, from Christchurch shooter Brenton Tarrant, Americans John Ernest and Patrick Bruches, in addition to Norwegian shooter Philip Montes and German Stefan Baile, are normal on boards and forums in 4chan, according to Dr. Colley. I mean, the, this white genocide conspiracy that the feminists are causing a decline in Western birth rates, that that decline in birth rates leads to pro-immigration policies, which is eliminating the white race over time, and the causes of anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. Those ideas are exactly the sort of ideas that have in recent years been circulating on platforms like 4chan, 8chan, Gab, and others. Another concept on 4chan discussion boards is red-pilling. This is taken from the 1999 science fiction movie The Matrix, the main character of the movie is at one point offered the choice between taking a red pill, seeing the world how it actually is, or taking a blue pill and seeing an alternate, happier reality. When 4chan users talk about their ability to red pill people, they talk about this idea that they came to the site, they existed in this sort of liberal Western society where political correctness is very common, and they found that on this site they could say what they really think. In other words, they had become enlightened. They were no longer experiencing false consciousness in a sense. And now they understand the world. Recent studies suggest that ethnic hate expressed in social media can cause surges in real-life hate crime. The Anti-Defamation League maintains that so-called lone wolf terrorism has become more prevalent as social media has made it easier to self-radicalize online. However, Dr. Colley cautions against assuming social media has any cause and effects on its own. A social media platform is really a vehicle for communication to take place, not necessarily a cause of that communication. Whenever you have rebellious activity, political violence, for example, um, a number of sort of political economy approaches will often look at relative de deprivation, this idea that 
people's standard of living over the last 10 years since the global financial crisis has not been at the level they expect. And in those situations, people develop grievances, they look at things to blame, immigrants is potentially one explanation. Immigration does seem to be the main grievance of Brenton Terrence and Patrick Crucius, while the manifestos of John Ernest and Stefan Baillet are laced with anti-Semitic conspiracies. Anti-Semitism is another feature of 4chan discussion boards that Dr. Colley mentions. Dr. Colley, along with several other researchers, thinks societal and economic factors such as feelings of relative deprivation have more to do with radicalization than social media itself. And I don't think there's a comprehensive explanation out there predicting and identifying, pinpointing why political violence happens on a given sort of time and day and period is one of the hardest things to do. Nonetheless, it remains clear that the radical ideas whose reach is facilitated on social media have come at a high human cost and need to be taken seriously. That was third-year IR student Julia talking to our colleague Dr. Thomas Colley on right-wing radicalization on some internet platforms. Now, like many of you perhaps staying at home, wherever you are in the world, um, I found it challenging to keep myself focused on my studies. And on the one hand, also making sure that I relax, keep myself entertained, and perhaps most challenging, eating well and staying in shape to some degree. So over the weekend, I went and hosted a Zoom call with two classmates of mine, our own Patrick who are students at the, in the War Studies Department. I wanted to hear how they're coping with this new status quo. How are they finding working from home? Are they productive? How do they unwind? Now, I'm going to play to you uh, the recording from that conversation, but just a quick disclaimer. As we spoke over the weekend, the new measures implemented by Boris Johnson yesterday, that was Monday, had not been in effect. Secondly, despite using a professional microphone, Patrick's audio was a bit laggy at times, and as such, it was hard to follow. So apologies for that. You've been warned. At any rate, let's hear what Aura and Patrick have been up to at home. So guys, I don't know about you, but the last week or so, for me at least, has been quite tumultuous. Um, unnormal, even. I don't know what the word, the words to describe it would be. Um, so, Aura, how's it going? Um, what's up? So, I stay in London with my mom. Uh, I'm lucky to have a house, so enough space to move. It's been quite surreal the last few days, the last uh, the last week. Uh, everything ended so quickly in less than 24 hours. We didn't even know it was the end of the degree. But uh, it's a bit depressing. But I think there's a lot of positive points as well to take out from this quarantine. Patrick, um, where where are you coming from? How are you how are you coping? Um, so, I'm back at home uh, in Derbyshire, uh, in my parents' house. Um, yeah, it was pretty strange. I mean, uh, as as Ara said, uh, one moment we're in you know normal university life, and then the next week everything is kind of suddenly been called off and we were expecting it to, to to end as suddenly as it did um but yeah again uh looking to live somewhere where, you know there's a there's a garden to sit in and i can get outdoors but i know a lot of people have either sort of have no other option to to, to go somewhere else so they're you know in their 
smaller flats in London with, you know, not much outdoor space and quite sort of cramped up. And uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to avoid that and, and be able to, to get back home. Um, no, it's a strange time. Yeah, I left, I left about a week ago and uh, I'm here in Stockholm at my dad's house and it has a lot of outdoor space and, and the general area, it's a bit more rural. So you're able to go outside without having to worry about human contact per se. Um, Aura, do you have access to a garden or outdoor space? Uh, so what's your situation like? Uh, I have a small backyard, so but it's not enough to run or go somewhere. So I, I keep opening the windows. Uh, luckily, has it hasn't been that windy or cold in London, so that's quite nice. Are you finding it difficult? Are you getting um, cabin fever? No, 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 no. Honestly, it has been like a long weekend. This week has surprisingly been quite relaxing, something that we all need. So, no, I'm coping quite right. So, speaking of, like, the weekend, right, the problem is, for us, well, for, for even anyone in the department, especially MA students, PhD, BA3 students, um, this isn't a weekend. This is the time when we need to write our dissertations, make sure we finish all our coursework. Um, so how are you guys coping uh, with that? Patrick, are you, are you experiencing also a weekend? Is it hard for you to, to focus? Uh, it's been pretty weird. because I mean, Initially, our deadlines, I had a deadline that would have been yesterday, another one, which would have been the, the 25th. Um, so I have been trying to kind of fit the work for that around all of this uncertainty about where I was going to be. And, of course, thinking to myself, if, I, if I'm not going to be in London, I don't want to be continuing to pay the rent there. You know, I was thinking maybe I should just move all of my stuff out of the place so that I can cancel the contract and stop paying rent for somewhere I'm not going to be for several months. There's all these other th thoughts going around my head. Um, but uh, luckily, <laughs> with, on, on the day that the uh, deadline was supposed to be, I got an email that said it had been extended, so I've been able to kind of get a bit more space and time to think about the work I was supposed to be doing but certainly the last week or so has been pretty confusing it's yeah it's been a bit chaotic for, for at least a week or so. Yeah from from personal experience as well I found it extremely difficult to focus it always took me two days I had to spend two days not worrying or thinking about work because you know I I, I basically on last Saturday a week ago woke up and felt that I wasn't in the right place. You know, if this, if I had to spend the next months, weeks, who knows, inside, locked at home, I'd rather be in my family home. So, so of course, like, you know, waking up in the morning, thinking that, you know, in your head about all the steps and whatnot you have to do in London, to then throw that all out the window, pack your bags and drag yourself out to Stansted Airport, which itself was, was a was a crazy place you know heaving with people all wearing masks and and everything and it was a quite a stressful environment so i found it really hard to to at least initially find time to to do work and do what i was supposed to do especially since the deadlines then hadn't been extended um so yeah stressful it's it's been stressful i'm not gonna lie what about you alda has it have you been experiencing a lot of stress or has it been more of a smooth ride 
To be honest, I started experiencing a lot of stress since last week before the lockdown and everything went down. Um, and I, same as you, I was very stressed because I was worrying more about getting groceries, uh, taking the proper measures in the house. Uh, I have a friend that I invited over, so also like bring all her stuff here. They, and I didn't have time to think about dissertation or deadlines. So the, the extension was really, really a relief. And I did took a few days off my work, which helped a lot. I wasn't able to focus anything. And one thing that I did uh, in order to start working, I went was uh, customize my workspace because we, the house is for living and relaxing basically, but it's not for work in general. Like, I don't know about you, I only concentrate the library. So I customized one room to be like the, the workspace for everyone in the house. Um, I, we, we are standing to a routine. So waking up still early, working out, uh, working, eating, treating ourselves and spending a lot of time online as well with friends. So I think it's important to try to maintain the most normal as possible. Patrick, have you been able to retain any normality or has it been hard to to first of all, find the, the space, the place and the mindset to work, but then also being able to switch off. Because on the one hand, you're confined in the space. You can't just, you know, when you leave the library, that's it, no more work in your head. That's harder to do, certainly at home. How are you finding that kind of balance? Um, yeah, it's definitely pretty difficult to, to get that balance right. Um, I don't know about you, but my desk here in my room is kind of my procrastination space. I, where I normally sit to, you know, watch YouTube or whatever when I'm relaxing. So to suddenly have to kind of it's difficult to get in the right frame of mind while I'm out of bed and you can only walk to the other side of the room. So I've also got a big stack of library books. I know I'm supposed to return, but I'm not sure how that's going to work. <laughs> when we were doing the one of the lectures online yesterday, one of the girls was still going to Waterloo Library. I thought that was hilarious. I mean. Just courageous and also like no one is going to library right now so it's actually not a risky place if you think about it so if you can brace the tube to get there that would be the challenge before we um before I, I i let you guys go off and do your do your things do you have any advice for fellow kcl students who may find it hard to focus at home or are distressed or uh, anything from from this experience i would say as much as you can and obviously it's not always possible depending on where you find yourself uh, quarantined um, as much as you can have a space that is your space for working so like my laptop on the table downstairs and then I'm not in my room you know if I get up I'm gonna go and work I can walk down the stairs and that that physical movement is uh, I think it, it helps you get in the right headspace size again I'm lucky that I'm in a house that has a garden so I can, I can in the small space that you are to kind of up that routine into little pieces um yeah and try and stick to some kind of regular framework for a certain amount of time and then stopping work and what about you Alda? Uh, i spend a lot of time online so every night after dinner uh we have we play a board game with my mom and my friend um then we go upstairs and we watch uh, there's a new function in Netflix called uh, I, I don't remember the name exactly but you can share the screen with your friends so we always call our, our friends that we usually hang out with we watch a, a movie together i downloaded mario kart um it's my guilty pleasure now because you can to play with your friends so i have a lot of friends like downloading scenes on anything so i really like 
I feel like a little kid staying at home and trying to play video games or board games. Uh, my friend has a puzzle. I hate puzzles, but I ended up doing one with a thousand pieces. So, and also tidying up a little bit because it's a space you cannot escape. Uh, I feel like cleaning and tidying up is actually good for the mental health and your environment. So that's it, basically. Yeah, I try to, um, when I get up in the morning, I try to make my bed, make sure you know the room looks looks good and then try to stick to work as, as best I can um, of course that I think it varies a lot from day to day um, I mean if you have the opportunity to access the outdoors I would definitely recommend that I think you know trying to stay in stay in shape you can even do that if you don't have access to the to the outside you know because yeah, it's going to be a lot of sitting around and uh, a lot of work for, for us students and I suppose most people who are quarantined. So everyone, basically. Um, but yeah, and I also like, I think it's important to um, give yourself time where you don't think about work um, and not feel guilty for watching television in the afternoon or in the evening um, or playing video games with your friends. I think it's really important that you get that work balance right especially since you know you can't just go outside and, and that'd be the end of it um all right well thank you so much um Aura and patrick i'll let you guys go uh and uh stay safe and um let's see how this develops over the next couple of months thank you you too so that was uh patrick and aura speaking to me adam uh over the week, the weekend. Uh, thanks a lot, guys, for uh, partaking. Now, um, what about you guys? Uh, how was your weekend? Did you did you spend some time off, or have you been really busy? Well, Sunday I, I tried to relax a little bit. I mean, it was my birthday recently, so I I, I met many people on Sunday. I started off with a with a virtual breakfast with uh, friends and colleagues from India. Um, Rudra Chowdhury, who, who used to be in the department, is now uh, at Carnegie in India, and, and we had sort of breakfast together virtually. Then I talked to friends in Tokyo, then I talked to friends in England, then I talked to friends in, in Canada and, and the United States throughout the day. So in that sense, it was, it was an unusual way of sort of celebrating birthday, uh, but it was, it, it was fun. It was really, really quite great. Well, I actually snuck out for a little bit. I did go to the park because it's very tempting. I live just five minutes from Greenwich Park. So I, and it was so sunny outside that I did decide to um, walk around the park, keeping my distances, of course. Um, and then when I got home, I did a bit of cooking. I cooked some banana bread um, to make use of the bananas I had in the, um, in the house. Because I also, I'm a food blogger on the side, so I'm trying to sort of, Put together some recipes as well taking advantage of being at home and be able to cook a bit more so that's in a nutshell what i did i also called friends in brussels and my family who live in kent so yeah made use of the time and you adam what about you i mean i love banana bread i should, should say this to begin with uh, i mean it's lo lovely so we have to swap recipes or you have to give us your your blog uh, address i'll have to share it yes exactly i'll have to do that yeah. well, <laughs> so have you what about well, you? you as a guest then? Yeah, um, first of all, uh, Dr. Bush, happy birthday. Uh, yeah. One year older, one year wiser, as, as we say in, in, in Sweden. Um, I had a really quiet weekend, actually. My, my friends and I, who I haven't 
seen in a while, you know, being in London, my Swedish friends, we, we got together virtually and we played different video games and uh, stayed up all night. So uh, it was, it reminded me of kind of how my life looked like before going to London, which was fun. Um, and on Sunday I woke up, went for a walk, uh, then went for a walk for about an hour and I didn't meet a single person. So uh, that was uh, interesting, but also perhaps uh, good in the spirit of isolation. Um, but yeah, I hope to do something uh, similar next week if the weather uh, permits. Okay, that all sounds great. So thanks again for um, joining us today, Sanjana. And uh, I think we will be with you again in a couple of days. So watch this space. And uh, I hope you enjoyed today's uh, podcast. So it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. This podcast is brought to you by the Department of War Studies at King's College London.